Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the public humiliation of Vithushan Ihantharaja, also known as the Football Ramble. It's Monday the 15th of August. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Vithushan Ihantharaja. <laughs> Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, the 15th of August, otherwise known as the 30th birthday of the Premier League. And it seems very apt that Vish is here uh, exactly <laughs> 30 years to the day where Manchester United were bottom of the Premier League table on that very day, as they are today, Vish. My only, I don't know, the only solace I could take from <laughs> coming in today was that potentially you wouldn't be here because it's not on TV. But then yeah. I realised <laughs> I remember there are cameras here. Well, so. I just, I just hey, thought it's. I only do Mondays. It's the only day we're filmed. <laughs> Jules', Jules is first day of the game of the uh, first round of the season as well. So welcome. What, what a Thank day you, you picked. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's good welcome to be back. here. It is so good to be here. So I don't imagine uh, Vish, your highlight of the week's going to include anything from the May United game, but that doesn't mean we're not going to cover it in detail. I might take after one of our most famous players of the modern era and leave a half time. <laughs> <laughs> good idea. Good idea. I think that is where we should start then with our highlights of the weekend. And Vish, I'll save you for last. Uh, Jim, you went and watched your beloved Arsenal. I, I imagine did. that's your highlight. That was, yeah, that was a strong part of it because I was having a lovely Saturday morning. I watched an episode of All or Nothing. Mm-hmm. saw a police horse in it. I was like, I know that horse. <laughs> I know that horse from the ground. Then went down to the ground, <laughs> saw the horse. So that felt, <laughs> that felt nice. There was a lovely buzz at the Emirates. Then after the game, went 
to the Canterbury Tavern and watched Vish watch the Man United game on his phone <laughs> as the the goals piled in. I was, Sorry, I, I was sitting there thinking when this was happening and I heard that you watched him watching it, I thought this should be a patron. <laughs> we fucking, we'd hoover yeah. up the patron. Missed a chance there. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can watch you re-watch it, maybe. Yeah. We'll put it, yeah. put it on the Patreon. This so. is basically going to be a bit of a humiliation for you, Vicious, said in the intro, isn't it? He doesn't yeah. think it's going to go that way. Yeah. yeah, no, I feel you, that. You're going to presumably launch some kind of vociferous defence of the club that you've supported since you were a boy. Well, I mean, we'll save it for the main show, but I, I've, I've predicted this. This is the main well. show. Predicted yeah. this on, the main bit of the main show. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've predicted this on Friday. But Does that I've, make you feel better that you predicted it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. If you know the world's ending, you know, look, I told you, you know, you're still going to go down with everyone, but at least <laughs> yeah. you'd be smart for 10 minutes. Um, can I do my, um, can I do my uh, highlight then. just to get out of the way? Because I just remembered it because it's kind of linked to, um, to Jim's one. Because I was also at the Arsenal game with him and... I don't know if you heard this on Match of the Day, but during uh, during the game, there was a chant going around, uh, Jamie Vardy, your wife is a grass. <laughs> nice. Now, funny anyway, but the uh, Jim and I were sat next to a man and his daughter, and he, she was like, what are, they, what are they singing? And so he explained from start to finish, oh, in, a, in the space of five minutes, the Rebecca well? Vardy, Colleen Rooney story. Yeah, and he nailed it. I was, <laughs> and, and she, from then on, started singing it. How old was she? She must have been about like a twelve or thirteen, maybe. <laughs> 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 genuinely, yeah. genuinely incredible. Yeah, tough world out there. It was a great day. <laughs> uh, Luke, what was your highlight, mate? Mine is you've already alluded to it. Um, it was based around these the thirtieth year anniversary of thirty year anniversary of the Premier League, their thirtieth birthday, if you like. And I love the fact that Sky did a very skillful, quite long montage and VT and managed to do it without including anything to do with uh, Andy Gray or Richard Keyes. <laughs> not, not a single word of Andy Gray commentary, not a single link from Richard Keyes. And if anyone can please you know, loop that out, take it, record it, I'll pay for the postage for it to go to Richard Keyes. <laughs> I'd love to see him you, watch that. You know their reactions. Like, they've cut us out. Yeah. Yes, yes, Richard. They, yeah, yeah. Very much. It's a conspiracy. They, they don't want to show us. Yet every, yeah. everyone gets that, Richard. Yeah. That, why, don't you, why don't you understand this isn't a conspiracy? It's not a conspiracy because everyone knows it and everyone agrees. Yeah. There's, there's no controversy here and there's no conspiracy. I'd love to see him watch that. I'd love to see him. Sadly, I'm, you know, unfortunately, I've, I need to report at the time of recording. He's not commented on that. Because we all know he watches Shame. every single second of Sky Sports output. Mm. Um, so Despite hopefully, being on a bigger show, exactly the bigger <laughs> and, and and his show does the goals as they go in. Um, so it's so a shame. Jules. Yeah, Jules does as well. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. and Jules didn't tell me to have a pop at Sky Sports. They did it off my own back. So I don't mind. It's I know. I know you don't. Yeah. 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 Uh, let's get to some of your highlights, you guys at home. Uh, you've been sending these in. Show at footballramble.com and you can tweet us at footballramble. Um, Fuzz Kaminsky says uh, my highlight was Scott Parker wearing a designer cardigan during an extreme weather warning. It was a bloody heat wave this weekend. It was thirty-four-ish degrees in London, and Scott Parker was wearing a very thick-looking cardigan, but had stripes on one arm. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I. He'll, so he'll the jacket equivalent last week. Right, yeah. so I had to look this up. Now, I actually... I thought it was Adidas, but it's not, no? Well, I consider myself as, you know, quite fashion forward. Really? Mm. Oh, don't look at me like that, Luke. <laughs> uh, and I didn't know what this brand was, so I typed into Google four stripes on left arm. <laughs> oh, I, thought, I thought it was three. I thought oh, was it was three Adidas. or four? No, oh, it's four. Well, it's oh, was it four, four, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a brand called Thomas Brown, and 
the, the jumpers are like nearly two grand. Yeah. It's an absolute joke. And they didn't yeah. have a, they didn't are have you, a are you going to get some in the post now? No, is that what they see? <laughs> no, I don't know if they do. That's women. Thomas Brown. <laughs> <laughs> With an E on the end, yeah. by he the way. He didn't even have the common decency to sweat through it like Pep Guardiola did. Yeah. Um, that, got that's a, why that City badge melts. Yeah, on, exactly. On that shirt. It's just, it's just a force of Guardiola's sweat, yeah. It's got to be a sponsor's thing now. because It must be. I think Roy Keane was wearing one. Last year in the so Euro, they're making big well. moves. Yeah. They're making yeah. big moves with the influencers, of yeah. men of a certain age. Like, I am a man well. also of the, that age, so if you want to send that over. <laughs> then, yeah. uh, Arlene says, uh, seeing my mate have his pasty pinched from his hands by a seagull at Plymouth <laughs> against Peterborough. They are savage vermin of a You'll struggle to find a bigger southwest of England story than that. <laughs> that is the most textbook southwest of England story I've ever heard. Also another nice south coast story um, at the Brighton-Newcastle game. Here we go. Um, fans were actually throwing, so they've actually put like a partition between the away fans and the home fans at Brighton now. Bit naff in it, right. but anyway, they've done it, and uh, they were fans with their tops off, and they were sharing sun cream over the partition, oh. throwing oh, it over to each cool. other. That is That's nice. sweet, isn't it? it Unlike a city it. where they banned it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Weird yeah. that, right? Uh, Blaze says I had sexy highlights, but they got yanked out by Romero. <laughs> How did he get away with that? More on that later. Yeah, we yeah. are going to talk a lot about the battle at the bridge round two. That is coming up uh, in the second part of the show, but obviously, there's only one place to start. Brentford 4, Manchester United 0. Possibly the worst 35 minutes of Manchester United Premier League football that we've ever witnessed, Vish? It's got to be, yeah. Certainly in my lifetime, which spans that era. But it was it was very, very bad. Yeah. And are, you, fa- are you over it yet? You know what? I, I was kind of over it by the end of half-time because I, <laughs> I, I, I got to a stage where I was like, you know what, they should... They've got to learn from this, so they need to concede more. I said after the after the way we were playing with the second goal, I turned to Jim. I was, you know, when he was watching me watch it in the pub, and I was like, "This could be this could be the nine nil. This could be the seasonal nine nil because United are so out of sorts." And you kind of, you, I did see this start coming. Obviously, the the way they conceded those four goals was like a joke. But did, it, did it make it better or worse that you were watching on your phone so it was slightly delayed so you got WhatsApp notifications before you saw the goal go in? Constantly, yeah. <laughs> um, and also just the not knowing... So there was genuinely there was a moment. So it was the um, Jensen goal, I think, uh, when... The second one? Yeah, so the second goal. So, so Brentford had a free kick. It was when Maguire um, takes out Tony and he gets a yellow card. And... <laughs> The the WhatsApp message comes down. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> the WhatsApp message comes down, and it was and it was a mate of mine who's also a lifelong United fan, and he just went, "This is the worst thing I've ever seen." And the free kick goes over the bar, so I was like, "Oh, okay, maybe it's just like generally." And then from the goal kick, <laughs> like two two touches from the goal kick is in the net. Also, as well, one nil down, edge of the box. Take a book in. Exactly. Have you turned? Panic setting that. Have you turned a situation into such a, like a positive situation, such a negative one, so violently as well, like yeah. so, like almost like from nowhere. The, the horror movie equivalent of when it, the, the, the horror film just goes bang like yeah. that, and you shit yeah. yourself. Yeah, that's Harry Maguire every minute of every game. There's also like we'll, we'll go on to talk about um, Eric Ten Hag here, and I, I would say this like first of all to carry. I actually everything. thought at one point it was going to be Eric Ten Nil. Yeah, yeah. Hey. well, he's now Eric Eric Ain't, uh, Eric ain't Hog. Eight Hog. Eight yeah. Hog. Eric, yeah. It's hard to say. Eric Eight Hog because he's lost two now. 
the phrase what on earth is going wrong at Manchester United is in the running order this week and it's kind of as common as welcome to the football ramble <laughs> yeah. isn't it it is yeah. actually yeah. copy and paste yeah it's 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 mad at this point and i think the sort of the the kind of pre-match comments even were were fairly telling with ten hag being fairly vociferous vociferous about how he's kind of unhappy with the transfer strategy and you know it's, that sort of pointed comment normally comes before January you know like the, or with an established manager it's, it's kind of rare that yeah. something like this happens so early and I think the season hasn't or has barely started really we're two games in and this is already an era for Man United full of problems and contrition they had an opportunity for a, a fresh start and a clean slate and this is you know this is the board and they've, they've they fucked it already. He started early. Like Remember, he, he, he started early as well. Yeah, he had a long, long yeah. run up at this, and, and and the transfer strategy appears to have just been. Well, it's, I, f- it's, I, f- I think I think he's he's compounded the problems. Like he's definitely compounded the problems ten hard. But I don't think you can. I, mean, I don't. I don't really see. I mean, the the players themselves. I, I found the really the. The the conversation between Jamie Redknapp and Gary Neville really <laughs> interesting after the game. And look at just Vish, look at me. I'm, I'm surprised Vish is looking <laughs> and, us in and, the eye. Yeah, and and because there was seemed to be a lot of talk around whether it was the board and whether Joel Glaze needs to front up and the stuff yeah. that you're talking about, Jim, about how you know the responsibility comes from the top. And I think that's generally a, a fair point. I think you know you really have to set the standard and you have to you know support the manager you've literally just hired, yeah. of course. But on the other hand, it doesn't really matter what player comes in if they're going to come into that environment, in my assessment. I mean, you, you look at, it doesn't matter how good the players are, really. If they're going to equip themselves in that way, particularly away from home, they'll get absolutely destroyed every week. I mean, it's not an exaggeration, I don't think, to say that as we sit here now, Manchester United are like the worst team in the league. Mm. And the reason they're like the worst team in the league is because they're in an environment where it seems to be like de rigueur to not run and to not try hard yeah. and to not acquit yourself. And it doesn't, I mean, you can, you can talk about the protracted saga with Frankie de Jong all you want, um, but it's just window dressing, really. Because if Frankie de Jong's going to come into that situation where the standards are so low. Yeah, one player doesn't completely yeah. change the mood, does it? Yeah, he, he can't lift the whole thing. But no. he, he, I think he, I think Frankie de Jong is emblematic of where United are here at the moment because we could. You know, as Jim said, it's a conversation that's come up quite a lot in the last couple of seasons, and it's always a, it, you always end up ticking the boxes of like ownerships, internal hires which aren't very ambitious, lack mm. of join-up thinking from front to back or top to bottom. Um, but there is like a there is an arrogance at the core of United, which it, it's kind of it's almost Trump-esque, whereby they think no no one individually thinks they're the problem. Yeah, no one no one acknowledges their own shortcomings and no one wants to take responsibility. And also, you know, when you get out there with the 11 that come on the pitch, they kind of think because of the shirt, of the badge rather than the shirt, that they're like, okay, we, we should we should beat these, you know. Yeah. They yeah. only got promoted yeah. last year. We should beat these. And I would also say that, like, the Frankie thing is very much like, okay, so he's a big name. We're a big name. He's the kind of player we should get. Rather than thinking, like, I don't think I, I think he made absolutely the right move and in, into where he went. So like attracting a player like this is a completely different matter altogether. But like Basuma, don't think you're too good for players like that mm. yeah. just because a guy's at Barcelona and he's you know one of the <clears throat> brightest midfield prospects in the world. Don't try and go for those players. Have a bit more sense. But it does speak of you know someone made this point the other day. I think it was Adam Crafton on Twitter uh, who wrote a really good piece after this match on the Athletic. Um, he wrote about they either go for. Actually, sorry, it was either him or Jonathan Wilson, but they both have the same point where they're United are either going for names 
or people that Ten Hag knows. Yeah. 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 And that speaks of like, they're going to do this and I want to do that. And, that's, and, and that's, rather than coming together and finding the middle but, ground, they're just doing their own thing. But Vish, mm. that's my point about, you come on nicely onto the point I was just going to make about Ten Hag um, compounding the problem, which I was just going to finish off by saying, because obviously that's how I started the point, is that all these problems exist and we know they exist and you can see them a mile off. I do think it's a special kind of naivety or arrogance from Ten Hag, one of the two, obviously I don't know him, so it could be either, where he thinks... Lissandro Martinez is going to solve these problems at centre-back. Like, the man is built like a fucking human feather. He cannot play in the Premier League if unless, he, unless he overcomes some quite massive and obvious physical um, challenges. And he's next to like a rusty old yeah, World War II tank in Harry Maguire. He needs support around him, doesn't yeah, he? And, and but so, you, need to, you need to play with the... You need to have possession to get away with playing someone like that. Yeah. So look... He might he might thrive at Man City, but he's not going to do well. Exactly. Well, I can see why he would play well in a possession dominant team yeah. um, in a back three, right? I get that he's obviously got a lot of quality. There's no there's no one no one's questioning whether he's a good footballer or not. But the point is, like, without trying to sound like Graham Souness, you know, on a bad day in the Premier League against Brentford, who were no, notorious for being so strong at set pieces, so physical, so hard working. It's what Thomas Frank demands and has demanded of that team since they've been promoted because that's what he needs for them to stay up. He got absolutely bullied. It was fucking dinner money everywhere. Like <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was the worst physical performance I've seen for such a long time from a modern Premier League defender. And they've got so many problems throughout that team. I'll tell you who's escaped a lot of criticism as well as Bruno Fernandes, mm. who seems so angry all the time that every time he gets the ball, he just smashes it as hard as he can, thinking he's going to score. The amount of times in two games, you see him take a touch, look up, and just smash it as hard as he can to try and score. Yeah. You've got Ronaldo obviously doing Ronaldo. He needs to go. They need to get, I don't care how many goals Ronaldo scored last season. They need to get him out of the team. He needs to go. I would say, he, I would say Ronaldo is the lowest on the list of those top four problems. And I'd say top of it isn't Bruno. It's... Marcus Rashford. Rashford is another. Well, Rashford's I, I an, think... Rashford looks totally gone. Yeah. He looks totally Can gone. Can I just say, though, just if we go back to last week and try and kind of put the two games together, because they're two defeats against hashtag teams like Brighton and hashtag teams like yeah. Brentford, who well, managed four, to see... four, 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 <laughs> four points in second half. Who Man United should, <laughs> on paper, <laughs> supposedly be beating. That, that opening game of the season against Brighton. The first, I know, obviously it's a 90-minute game, but the first 10 minutes, United actually looked okay. They started the game quite brightly. And I think a lot of the problem with Manchester United is about confidence. They've been, they're so down that they then started that game, new season, brightly, right, come on. And then after about 10 minutes, when as soon as they start losing the ball, they're like, ah, oh, actually, yeah. this yeah, and, is and, and really the th- bad again. And then they revert back to time. And you fill in on that and you go, there's probably, I think from, from the Brentford game alone, and I can't quite remember if there are any changes from the Brighton game or how many there were, there's probably seven first-team players in that team that started against Brentford who've got really obvious difficulties at the moment. And we haven't even mentioned David De Gea yet, who, yeah. who, who basically essentially gifts... Brentford, what he gifts them. And Man United, as you said, you are so fragile. Yeah. There's no way they can recover. And then you look at the reaction when someone like Ronaldo, the only way Ronaldo can, can, can continue to contribute and really lift that team up, you know, obviously the goals are important, but he has to set an example. If you watch him when he gives that ball away for the first um, Brentford goal, I think it's the first goal, he's just throwing his arms up in the air, looking around like, and, and, and then mm. when they concede the goal, they're all just like resigned to it. There's no one running up to the hair, put his arm around and going, come on, son, next one. But it seems disjointed, doesn't it? It seems that the sense that, that you see it happens with, team, happen with teams all the time when they're you know, not going in the direction they want. They don't look like a unit. They don't look like there's a, that, that is 11 coherent players on a pitch. There's just sort of 
different disconnected sections of players who've all, you know, they're all pushing in different directions. And, you know, you sense that, you know, Ronaldo doesn't necessarily want to be there. Martinez is trying to fit in. Maguire's had his problems, as you say, like Rashford and Sancho also, like it's just not really working for whatever reason. As you've said, Fernandez seems angry. There's, there are so, with De Gea, obviously, like there are so many individual issues. They just look like 11 depressed individuals in their own heads about things that aren't football. Yeah. How do, you, how do you fix it, Vish? I don't know. I was thinking about this yesterday and um, like, because Brentford didn't actually have to play that well, although they had like everything they needed to do well, they did brilliantly. Mm. Um, yeah. And it was it kind of, because it was the fourth goal, it maybe got lost just how good that counter-attack was. Yeah. Like yeah. From Jensen turning in his own box, playing that ball out wide. Tony the played ball that ball from first Tony time was amazing, as well. wasn't it? Well, it, was, it, was the mo- it was the most, the fourth goal was the most damning indictment of the whole thing because it was yeah. a basically a pure classic Man United yeah. breakaway goal. Yeah. From back yeah. in the 90s. Powered, powered by confidence. <laughs> it was like, we scored three, here's the fourth, this is what you used to be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. It, was, but it was also, I think it also spoke of some of the things that Brentford weren't very good at last year. In fact, until they signed Ericsson, was, they went through a stage where they just defended and they went through a phase of like just Mbwemo and Tony, you are two, two attackers. Mm. And it didn't quite work because Mbwemo wasn't that great in front of goal. Yeah. And the way he finished that, obviously, it was, was very good. But in, ter- in terms of like United, like, like hand on heart, they'll be totally fine going forward because they've weirdly future-proofed themselves in this, in this new, in almost like this new football economy whereby they've got all the marketing deals They've got the name and literally it will be one of those things that carry, carries forward to the extent that it might, you know, when the Glazers eventually do decide that they have enough of it, there will be a, you know, there'll be a, a nation state there waiting to pick them up. Yeah. There'll be some kind of despot. And so like, I don't, in terms of like the future, I'm not really that asked about it. But in terms of like now, it doesn't really seem like there's any way out of it because, right, you know, let's say they sack Ten Hag in a couple of months' time, you know, who would want that job anymore? And it was quite they'd interesting. Have, they'd have to go for like a, they'd have to go for like a, a classic, like United legend or something. But you can't, yeah. And then, but like, from, 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 they'd have to, they'd from, have to. From a United fan's point of view, like, actually you don't want that. You want yeah, someone like a Conte that. who comes in and like torches yeah. the place from the inside. But, 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 but the thing is, this is the thing about Conte, right? He makes them better because he's a good manager. He can't fix this. No, 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 no but that's what I'm saying. So torches it from the inside in terms of someone who, who knows how to play people upstairs in the way that I'm not saying Conte specifically because you know he's otherwise occupied and United missed the boat with him anyway but in terms of someone who comes in you hear all the time with you know you speak to ex-players all the time and they always talk about sometimes I'll talk about a manager who comes in and knows how to play everyone above him not Mm. just the players Mm. and United have always struggled with that type of person Mourinho like Ralph tried to do it at the start and couldn't be asked. It was a decent time and package for him. Van Hull, way back in the day, started and thought, you know what, it's not worth my while now. Um, but that, that's the that's the only way I can see it being sorted out. But otherwise, probably um, not really. No. It, it was particularly enjoyable to listen to um, a lot of Man United fans on the six oh six, just absolutely raging. It was one of the most angry phone-ins <laughs> I've ever heard in my life. Um, three, the top three ideas from Man United fans about how to sort this out. I promise you, I'm not making this up. Uh, don't let the players eat until they win. <laughs> One was um, put them in the centre circle at halftime without water. <laughs> uh, and the final one, which is many ways the most severe, uh, and a lot of them said this, just get Roy Keane in. He will probably presumably do both those things. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I was uh, speaking to uh, another United mate on Sunday and he, <laughs> he just simply said, the first message of the morning, he was like, it's weird because... Um, 
I was being told that they were eating lunch together, so I don't know what's happened here. <laughs> <laughs> As if that was going to solve it. Yeah. Jim, can you lend some support to Vish? Because this time last year, Arsenal were bottom of the table, yeah. uh, but United do have Liverpool a week today. Yeah, but How's well, that going to well, go? Well, Arsenal lost their first three games, and that could well happen here, couldn't it, for, for that reason. Um, but I think, essentially... It's never as bad as it looks like it's going to be, particularly at Man United, because as you, as you mentioned, they are future-proofed in this way. They get more free hits than any club, really, in a yeah. sense. But mm. they have to change the culture there. And that sort of togetherness that we're now seeing at Arsenal that has, that has come from some tough decisions from Mikel Arteta that he got a lot of criticism for and bore the brunt of, that has to start happening at United. And I think Ten Hag's trying to do that by bringing in his own people. Obviously, they need to they need to join up their transfer strategy, which is so easy for me to say, but it does look like it's a bit scattergun and the coach wants something and other people want other things. But I think it's going to have to get worse but before the, it gets better. The thing is, they, but, they are, they are, I mean, they are doing that. I mean, people complain about this fucking old, this recruitment, this recruitment, that. They spent a ridiculous amount of money. And more recently, since Ten Hag's been there, the very start of the summer, they've got they've signed the players he wa- he wants. They've signed um, Malasia. They've signed um, Martinez. They're going to sign. Well, try to sign De Jong. These are all players that Ten Hag wants. The problem is the environment they're going into. Mm. It's not. It's not to do with the players. There's no way that those players don't have the quality. People talk. I I've spent all week listening to people saying, "Oh, well, it's the players. The players aren't good enough." Fucking Gabby Agbonlahor on Talksport. Oh, the players aren't good enough. Are you fucking mad? The players are really good quality. They're just in a terrible environment, and they're they're being put through some awful fucking working practices, probably. And there's no standards. Yeah, I mean, some of the players are really quite bad. It's hard. After two games in charge, it's hard to say that you know that's entirely Ten Hag's fault, isn't it? He's now got to be the one who changes that. That's what I'm saying. Every yeah, single, yeah, every yeah. single one of those players is an established international footballer. That doesn't mean anything now. Why? Though, because international football isn't some kind of like you know consistent standard across the board, mm. is it? But there's, but there's no there's okay. Let me put it a different way then. Every single player has previously hit very high heights. <laughs> Every single player has, has won trophies and hit high heights. No, Te- I, I, that's you either. Tell me, tell me, tell me three players there that haven't done that. Well, one of the most reliable players in terms of someone who's been consistently playing and like you know he came on as like a remedy on the weekend, but starts a lot of games. McTominay, yeah, you know he's someone who has to be relied upon because it was a stage where United had this dearth of midfielders. Didn't really focus on it in their recruitment, and then. But and I mean, it's not—it's not just one individual, is it? Luke, I'd like to congratulate you because you actually got Vish to defend Man United. Then, yeah, that there was part go. of that. Defend Man United. Defend Man United by saying that Tomine's all right. No, I know, but defend Man United by slagging off one of them. more consistent players. Scott McTominay's played in the Europa League final. That, I mean, that's not a measure of anything, is it? Well, I mean, it looks a lot better than it does now. <laughs> you're telling me you may, not, you may not get to the Europa League final this season they can't but that's if they could the, but that's not what you said I'm saying like just because you play in a Europa League final doesn't necessarily make you a good player they're better than what they're showing they're yeah, better but, than what they're showing but the, the point I'm making is that, that it's you know essentially these two games lay bare the job Ten Hag has to do he now has to take that inside ignore everything from, from outside and just change that culture it's the, it's, the, it's the people it's the way they feel about each other it's the atmosphere when they go to work. That's got to change. I'll tell you where there is a good, I agree with that. Where there's a good mood at the moment. Nottingham Bloody Forest. Yes. They have got their first win at home in the Premier League after 23 years away. They beat West Ham by a goal to nil and they won't give two fucks that <laughs> West Ham should have probably scored two or yeah. three goals. They got the win. They got the three points. 
And they're absolutely buzzing, Luke. Yeah, I mean, on a different day, they could have lost that quite badly. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like an incredible... I feel like I've learned nothing about them. I was like, if I was a West Ham fan, I'd be thinking, what have we got to do here? How did West Ham not score? Even the goal for a score. Like an accident. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. so um, who's their new signing, well, one of their... 15 new signings at this point of recording. I think there's probably going to be a 16th signed today, which is insane. Um, but Awaniyu, who is one of their new signings, manages to score his debut Premier League goal. Uh, it came off his knee shin, yeah, sort it of, did. didn't it? Got very yeah. lucky, but he won't care. Uh, yeah, missed kick from Jesse Lingard, bouncing <laughs> off him, they'll take it. It's the scrap- <laughs> that, that is a sickness for West Ham, scrappiest, most awful goal of the weekend. But it doesn't matter because, I mean, the city ground was absolutely rocking and it, you know yeah. what's quite nice when you um when you've got newly promoted sides that haven't been in the premier league for this long you hear new songs it yeah. Sounds, yeah. sounds different yeah. doesn't yeah. it yeah, yeah. yeah. The, i mean i love i love the city ground it's like an amazing place to go and uh to go and watch a game i've not been there i'd like to visit um i do I, look it seems a bit churlish to say anything like this because of Forrester picking up their first win in the premier league and you know, I, I don't know how many times in the broadcast I heard the phrase 23 years, but it's quite a lot. <laughs> I've quite said it lot. twice already. I think. Yeah, there, yeah. Was, there was a lot spoken about Brian Clough looking down on them as yeah. well, which well, was like, play can that, we not... They play that video before every game. Yeah. And, and they added to it for the montage for the start of the new season, but it's like played out every game. But they're not suggesting that the ghost of Brian Clough is helping them win, though, <laughs> well, are they, when they play that know. video? I'm just saying we don't <laughs> know. Okay. I just don't be. know that football commentary is a place for that discussion. <laughs> At one point, there was a, like a green jumper flying over the stage <laughs> and people thought it was a sign, you know. <laughs> um, but but um, I, I would like to say again, that, like, at the risk of sounding so churlish, I mean they need to play a lot better than that to consistently pick up results. Because you look at top coaches now, they look at performances, don't they? And go, well, if you do the performances and we and we worked the game plan and we control the game, um, the results will take care of themselves. At no point we're not in the forest in control of that game. No. But yeah, look, they won the game, and that's the most important thing. But I mean, it's not very often that you know you get a missed penalty. Um, after one's handballed basically on the line to stop it going in the first place. Then two free kicks at the other side of the bar at exactly the same place. You get disallowed goals for offside. For a foul, wasn't it? A Mac yeah. McAntonio yeah. foul, which I thought was probably a foul, but it could have gone either way. So they very, very much rode their luck. And if they can build on that and take confidence from it, then it could yeah. be a real platform and, for Well, them. that's really key, isn't it? Because they're betting in, is it 15 players with p- potentially a few more coming in as well? So it, yeah, that, is, that is such a... Herculean task in terms of organisation. Can I can I just say as well? I think I think the coverage of that has been a little bit incomplete. I, I think people have focused a lot on the fact they've signed all these players. They haven't focused on the fact that for various reasons, I think they lost twelve players, most of which they had no control over. You know, the, the goalkeeper yeah, decided to go. Players, yeah, and lone players went yeah. back. They had to have signed some players because if they hadn't have done that, the big narrative would have been well, they haven't got any players, mm. so they had to do something. Um, and so maybe it will take time. I don't think it's the same as the Fulham thing, famously a couple of years ago, where they just decided to sign everyone they could. I think this is like a. I real actually like some thing. of the players they've signed as yeah. well. Like yeah. they've got some decent signings in there. I some think, smart signings yeah, as well. Think, Nico Williams is a yeah, really smart move. Absolutely. He looked busy. Lewis O'Brien's a superstar in waiting. He's yeah. got everything. He looks brilliant. He, he's been. He was brilliant all last season as well. And Emmanuel Dennis is a striker Again, who a lot of clubs were supposedly after. You know, we saw him score plenty of goals last year for Watford. Um, they're unlucky to lose him, really, in the championship. They've had a, a decent start, Watford, but you know, there's there's been a lot of clubs that are after him, and he's chosen to go to Nottingham Forest for a reason. So I don't know. Mm. I think I I'm I'm intrigued. I think I can, I think I can work out do. the reason. If it's anything like the Jesse Lingard, Lingard reason, <laughs> loves his cricket. Trembridge run just across the road. <laughs> yeah. Did you <laughs> see that uh, West Ham fans were throwing fake money at Jesse Lingard? Were they? Yeah. I did not see that. Because that's David... technically illegal, isn't it? You can't print. 
fake money. It probably is. You should have the authorities yeah. look into that. But I think if it's got a picture of Jesse Lingard on it, I'll make a <laughs> I think it counts. Yeah. But because um, David Moyes was a bit cheeky, I thought, in the build up, and I know why he did it. He said, um, we did everything we could or we moved heaven and earth or whatever to try and sign Jesse. We, he knew how much we wanted him and all the rest of it. Yeah. But he doesn't owe them anything, does he? No, of course not. It's, 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 it's strange, this reaction to yeah. me. I mean, it's not. Do you know West Ham fans? It's, it's too. Fair, do, you fairly... know, do you know football fans? <laughs> yeah, it's really... I, 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 can I remember... expect too much. Yeah. Yeah. This is a problem. Chelsea fans used to wave the old money, didn't they, when uh, Ola Brownrich came in? Sickening. Yeah. Yeah. Sickening. <laughs> well, that Forest win over West Ham was one of two absolutely brilliant matches yesterday. Um, we're going to focus on the Chelsea Spurs game after this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. player and I've been it well we didn't win the league for 30 years at Liverpool right just look at me when I'm talking to you <laughs> <laughs> I love that I absolutely love that what was that that Who was, was it after the it? oh no. my god it was brilliant Gary Neville obviously came down from the commentary box after he'd uh, done the comms on the game and was very dismissive and, of Jamie oh it was so good <laughs> he's like you're not even my favourite Jamie he, what the fuck are you doing here? yeah he basically went out went off on on this rant about the owners and Jamie was basically saying it's the player's fault and he would not they they went at each other and it was such good telly 
Yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was brilliant. Yeah, uh, and he, um, he said, "Look at me when I'm talking." Yeah, to you. Barry Neville looked raging, <laughs> and I don't think he expected Jamie to stand up for himself quite so much. Because Jamie Reynolds like a nice, mm. nice bloke, mm. right? I'm not saying Gary isn't, but Gary's a lot more kind of forthright, isn't he? And I felt a bit like, yeah, nice one, Jamie. Get stuck in there. So. You always get the impression Gary, Gary's a talker, not a listener. Yeah, yeah. Which is always a what are you looking at me yeah. for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second time this week that we've uh, heard the whole look me in the eyes after yeah. Tuchel said it to Conte as well at the handshake yeah. at the oh end. Uh, God, we'll, come on, we'll come on to that. We'll come on to that. Uh, just before we um, get stuck into that game at Stamford Bridge, um, a reminder that the Football Ramble are hosting a watch along of Chelsea Liverpool in central London. We're all going to be there. It's on September the 18th. So if you'd like to join us uh, to watch the Premier League Giants do battle, sign up to our Friends of the Ramble tier for just $10 a month on our Patreon. And you've got to do it by next Monday. That's Monday, the 22nd of August. Friends of the Ramble patrons will be able to secure their free ticket to the event. So sign up to our Patreon by next Monday. And don't miss out on watching the football with all of us. And um, hopefully... Maybe Man United might have lost again by then, and we can all. Oh, poke certainly a bit they would have been lost again. Have a bit of fun at Vish. Man United playing Leeds that day at two p.m. It's not on TV because why would you put a relegation clash on TV <laughs> this early in the season? Early. To be fair, I can get it on TV. <laughs> I, I could get it on my Premier League app. Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got that as well. I won't be using it though. I will. I think there's a re- <laughs> there's a reasonable chance that by then, um, Man United would have lost another four games. <laughs> I forgot how far away it was, actually. Because I can't There's me see. thinking it's next week. I can't yes, look it's at it. a month away. A month, <laughs> it's a month, a month away. away. Look at their fixed list and go, okay, they're playing Liverpool next, fine. Lost. Southampton, that's away from home. 9-0. Leicester's away from home. Then they're playing Arsenal. Crystal Palace away from home. <laughs> it's hard to see them picking up more than three or <laughs> yeah, four points and all Jesus. that, Vic. Can't even it? win at home to Brighton. Come yeah. on. These runs never come to... Come <laughs> yeah. to Especially with all the great players they've you got. You say that. You say that. Do you remember last season, that clip where they were looking forward to like United winning? Like They looked forward to United's next 15 games over like November and into January, February. And they were like, they might only lose two of these. Lost basically every single (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com forward slash football ramble. Make sure you sign up, get your tickets, etc. And we'll see you there. Right. Let's talk about yesterday at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea 2, Tottenham 2. What a bloody game. I could not take my eyes off this, guys. It was yeah. it was just brilliant. brilliant. It was so good to watch. We should bake the Premier League more often. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's been an incredible weekend. And, uh, Put heaters in the stadium <laughs> one, if we have to one in the thing winter. I did, yeah, definitely. One thing I didn't expect was um, a really large amount of homoerotic punctuation from Grand Cunes. <laughs> like, he was just, he was beside himself. He was almost like in a frenzy, wasn't it? At one point he went, at one point he just got really carried away and he was like seething at how good it was and he just went, we got our game back today. Men at it. Men at it. <laughs> and it's like, that's really tone deaf given what's happening in the summer. And, and by on. the way, big love to Karen Cardi, who, yeah. who sat there and just sort of raised her eyebrows. Yeah, which is say, brilliant. Which, yeah. which says more than you yeah, could ever say anyway. Exactly. And uh, I mean, David Jones was trying to chip in and go, look, you know, it's a woman's <laughs> game as well. It was tone deaf. I don't think Graham meant anything sort of bad by it. I just, no. he was so excited that... You know, he, he thought there's a reasonable chance at some point today someone might be killed in a gladiatorial <laughs> way and he was really up for it and he's just looking around like, who else is up for it? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, was, well, it was in a frenzy, an it, absolute frenzy. He was so giddy, it was like his Google search had come to life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was thinking the man is 70 next year. <laughs> Look at the energy in him. Well, Antonio Conte after the game said you're here to try to kill the opponent in a sporting way. So yeah, there that's you probably go. what's happening. In a sporting way. Don't worry, it. it'll be in a sporting I way. Mean, the thing is though, I think the reason why the why it was so good and why tempers flared so much and why it was so emotional is because it was one of those games that did have absolutely 
everything. I mean, there were goals that shouldn't have been allowed. There were tackles flying in. Yeah. There were there were brilliant finishes. The Koulibaly first goal was unbelievable. Oh, what a goal! I mean, there by was the way. hair pulling. There was the yeah. whole lot. It was the, the Koulibaly vo- uh, volley set the tone because it quite nearly took Raheem Sterling's head off. Yeah. <laughs> Raheem Sterling, who's got the reactions of a professional sports at the top level, only just got out of the way of it. it, it, gave me, it, it Jamie Redknapp would say it literally gave him a haircut. <laughs> it, was, it was an incredible game. I, I think Something I, for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Chelsea were the better team. Um, I think Chelsea would come away from that thing and how did we not win that? Mm. But, you know, I don't know if it's too much to read into it to say that the Conte factor is a big um, part of this. Massively. Spurs stuck into it. They stuck at it and they really refused to be beaten, didn't they? So, you know, all the the talk we heard over the summer of like the absurd fitness things they were going through and Spurs only really came into that game in the second half, getting an equaliser in the 96th, 97th minute. Mm. All these things paid dividends, especially this early in the season as well. And I also think... You know, the, the Conte and Tuchel, that kind of prime Wagyu beef. <laughs> yeah. like that. To me... Give me some of that Wagyu. To me, that like really sums up how well they did to get him and what he's done to this team. Because one of the things that Spurs players were talking about, maybe even a month after they got him and they had like the start of the season with Nuno, was that to see your manager acting like on the, on the sideline is actually quite inspiring. Like, oh, fuck, you, you, are, you are hey, up I, for this. If I'm yeah. a Spurs player, I'm going into the training ground today and I'm like, boss, you you, yeah. you absolutely yeah. Like, yeah. nailed that yesterday. What's, like, what's next? What can we achieve like, next? I'd be like, come on, I'll go yeah. again. They'll be, chat, they'll be chatting about it on the WhatsApps last night. They'll be in training this morning or, or this afternoon making jokes about in it. In amongst it's, all the main yeah. item memes. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> but like, it, yeah. it, it really has that binding quality that like, you don't really see, but clearly for them it's, um, it's huge. And they're going to love the fact... everything. They're going to love the fact that Tuka was so rattled in his post-match, mm. post-match yeah, yeah. interview and also talking about how they didn't deserve it. Because they probably know that deep down they didn't deserve it, but they got it. It, yeah, feels, I mean, it feels better when you don't deserve it. Well, yeah. that's it. Is it? They, there, is, there is that sense, absolutely, that they, they are going to get something if they just keep pushing. And it seems weird to say, given that they conceded two goals, and I agree, Luke, that Chelsea were the better side, but Spurs are really tough to break down. They're, I think they're going to be very comfortable against most teams. And and that's, that's you know, and if you look really at their annoying, general, actually. Their general record against uh, Stafford Bridge is poor, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah. so this big, is a big blow. Big thing for them. And um, in recent years, there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's, in recent years, there's been disappointment for them at Stanford Bridge as well. And, and sorry to bring it back around and, and sort of extend your punishment, Vish, but if you look at that <coughs> application compared to the application Don't of Man sorry. United, <laughs> yeah, it's like, like if, if Spur, that application that Spurs showed against Chelsea there was, was, un, was just unbelievably high. Like it was really yeah. high. And, they, and especially on such a hot day as well. And, it was really fiercely competitive. I love the uh, Tuchel versus Conte thing as well. Oh. That's what we need. You, know you what? need that. You, you need that. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the classic the TV channels have to do it. Say, you know, these are scenes you don't like to see. But Jamie Carragher just went, just like, nah, nah yeah. I loved it. Bloody loved it. Yeah, and everyone else loved it. <laughs> we all loved it. It's funny though. We've got like, we've got four elite managers in this league. In ter- and they, you know, they finished top four last season. And I like the idea that like, the top two are, like probably think of themselves as too good for that kind of scrap. And Conte and Tuchel are like, nah, fuck yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to look, look me in the eye when you shake my hand. Like, no, I'm not. My favourite thing about that, though, was the way that when Tuchel doesn't let go of Conte's hand, 
he becomes like it's like he becomes an animal yeah like instantly it goes from just like blank face to just a hundred percent rage immediately it's the quickness of the transition i've never seen before he flipped like a switch and tuchel's definitely got that in him to be very very emotional i love it yeah but a bit snide as well i was quite proud of him I, I, i thought you don't want that smoke you, I thought he'd never have it in him to get the Conte smoke. You know what I liked but, about but he wanted it? it? He wanted it. Yeah, what I liked about it is that um, so their post-match interviews were very different. So um, Conte basically said, it's not important, don't want to talk about it. Tuchel, on the other hand, was like, hey, we're just emotional. It's mm. fine. This is, you know, like when we're passionate, this is what happens. And I like that because that's actually a genuine answer for it. That yeah. is actually what happened. Yeah. But Conte was like, you know what? I'm not going to say anything to, to you lot that are asking me the questions. Instead, I'm going to put it on Instagram. He took it to the gram, didn't he? He took Jesus, it to the gram. Yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, he posted the video of Thomas Tuchel celebrating Chelsea's 2-1 goal where he did the Mourinho and ran down, <laughs> celebrated with the fans. And he ran past Conte in the process of doing that but Conte actually had his head down so at the time didn't see him run past and he actually uh, Instagrammed it and said lucky I didn't see you making you trip over would have been well deserved with three laughing emojis I, I, I loved I it also, you really have to properly categorise Conte's rage because when he got the red card he just didn't notice yeah. For, yeah. For, for ages afterwards, he didn't know he'd been red-carded because he was so like tunnel visioned about <laughs> he went straight down it. The Everything tunnel. he could yeah. see was red. No, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He, he didn't. He didn't, go straight, he didn't go straight down the tunnel. He had a little to do with Aspilicueta as well. Yeah, did he? And the nicest man who, who in the stadium. Who are mates as well? Yeah. Apparently, he's his mate. Oh, well. really? Yeah. Okay. But he, he didn't look like that. <laughs> yeah. But I, when I was when I read, just to talk about the game very briefly, I, I mentioned that I thought they were on the wrong end of some decisions. I, I mean, I wasn't personally that, that unhappy with the challenge on. On Havertz in the build-up, I thought he played Bentancur, the ball. That yeah, one. He, I thought he played the ball, and I think the he ref- does go through his ankle before. Yeah, the, I, I, but, but, but if you look, I think I could see it either way. But if yeah. you look at what how referees have looked at it this season, they're trying to get the game flowing. And I think yeah, the reason yeah, yeah. for that is because they want the game to be, the ball to be in play more, and they want more football, which I think is fair enough generally, uh, providing the safety of the players is looked after, of course. Um, but I thought the Richardson one was a dif- was a difficult one. That's that's an example of the laws of the game get themselves in trouble, yeah. not really knowing what to do because it's it's a little bit farcical if you break it down to its component parts and say, well, he's not interfering. He fucking is. He's yeah. a striker in the penalty area, and he means that the reaction time of the goalkeeper is a lot later. So mm. it's definitely interfering. I also think there's the one of the things they don't look at with interference. What they should do is obviously where Richardson is governs where Koulibaly is. Mm-hmm. So if Koulibaly isn't quite... Koulibaly can't afford to leave him there. Yeah, if yeah. Koulibaly isn't in that, in that position, Mendy has a clearer view, and also there isn't that deflection there. I know, like, now we're getting into the weeds of it, and I think that's... Boring, know, yeah. yeah. No, but, but I think it's... I think but it's, it's part of it, isn't it? And yeah. I, I also... Uh, definitely, and I would also Great just, finish, though. I'd finally... Well, yeah, I, it was a great finish. But, it, I mean, the keeper saved that if he's not yeah. blocked. And um, the, the, the Cucurella one... I, I just I understand the laws of the game and I understand this is perhaps a bit boring for listeners but if you'll forgive me just for a sec I get it but you're making people you're, you're making yourself look stupid the, the, the VAR officials the referee the officials the, the laws of the game people are making themselves look stupid by that going unpunished I mm. think and that's got to be mentioned because I, I don't see how he gets away with no punishment at all for that there's just no real justification for it, I don't think. As uh, as Van Hal said a while ago, um, <laughs> yeah. it's very common in sexual magazines. 
Nostalgic days for you, yeah. right? Surely. He said, only then it's allowed. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to know what you think is allowed in those situations, LVG. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, by the way, just going back to the little scrap between um, Tuchel and Conte, um, one of my favourite parts of, of the coverage was when uh, Sky threw down to Jeff Shreves oh, because God. he supposedly had a better view yeah. of the incident. And when they threw to him, he knew less than what we all yeah. saw. Yeah. It was hilarious. Jeff, Jeff Shreves, it was almost like it was like an inv- inversely proportional. The closer he gets to the incident, the less he knows about it. <laughs> need to put him in fucking New Zealand. He'll know more. And I, also, no, just put him in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just leave him, him there. Mike. Also, yeah. like Sky Sports can't go from one minute talking about their super high def cameras, every angle, and then go like, right, and here's a 55 year old man to yeah. tell you what happened. <laughs> yeah. Can I just say, it is really difficult as a reporter yeah. in those situations when they, they say to you in the studio, can we come to you? And you're like, well, I haven't seen. I've seen the same thing you've seen. So yeah. what do you want me yeah, to Jules, add? Jules, there's simply no reason for Jeff to be there. Okay. There's no need for him to be anywhere. I'm just defending it's, my it's, fellow... The reason he's still working <laughs> is because he's on holiday when all the shit went down. As, as rumour <laughs> rumor has it, the reason he's still working there is because he was on holiday and there was like some kind of weird loophole or something. But uh, I also felt, I also thought Martin Tyler let himself down when he said... Uh, Not for the first time recently. Yeah, where he said... Um, too much sun, not enough son. Oh, oh get, his no. puns are getting worse, aren't oh, they? No, I can't be dealing and, with that. And the co-commentator just doesn't know what to say. Because what would you say? Do you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, exactly. I think they should start saying that was a bit shit. That yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would be quite yeah. funny. Oh fuck off! Yeah, like what that. The fuck? Just do that. Yeah. I say yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, We're taking your words as originals now. That was shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, Jim. Now's your time. Been very patient. We've we've saved it till last. Arsenal four, Leicester two. Gabriel Jesus should have had at least a hat trick. He was unbelievable in the game. Um, You were there. You were there together. You two having a lovely day out before Manchester. Generally, generally, I had a brilliant weekend. And then there was like an hour and a half in the middle. Of the, yeah. Sorry, half an hour in the middle. Really. <laughs> Thirty-five minutes to be specific. Yeah. Um, Jim, how much are you loving Arsenal so far? So it's so so good because the I was at the you know equivalent fixture last year when when we lost um lost to Chelsea and the difference. I mean, there was a sense still that things were slightly different then, but it was still. Well, actually, no. It was right in the in the the eye of the storm of that three games we lost, where everyone's like, "Oh God, this is the worst start ever. It's terrible." Blah blah blah. I was still quietly optimistic, but even so, the this is what all of Arteta's work has been leading to, really, to, to get a team that's his team functioning in the way he wants to play with with players that are just playing for each other. They're dynamic. It's fun. You know, it's mm-hmm. the atmosphere in the stadium was what one was of the like? most important Explain. things. It's just it's louder. Um, everyone's positive. People are forgiving of, of of things. You know, William Saliba's got so much credit in the bank that he can score an own goal yeah, on his home debut. It's, and it's just fine. Yeah, yeah. And that carry was weird, on doing though. That, I, I wonder, I wonder if he might. Its limit. Just like, yeah. you know what? This is how good I am. Yeah. I'm going to give them a head start and <laughs> stick, they're not getting past me stick again. Stick one on his own net and then as he's going to get the ball out to the fans behind the goal, I'm really good. Yeah. <laughs> Shoo! <laughs> but, um, Fish, you want to do a sue at the end of the show today? <clears throat> oh, I never wanted to do a sue when it was going well. <laughs> but yeah, just the, right, the, the feeling there is amazing. And the go- Gabby Jesus' first goal. It's so it's good, isn't obscene. it? It's I don't, so I don't think I don't think Arsenal scored a goal like that last season. He starts to move himself out wide. The finish itself, he's got players around him. It's a and, really, and really tight space in which to even get his foot into the it. position to do it. Scooped it up. It's it unbelievable. It, it also, for Arsenal, if I, could, if I could be a little bit high-minded just for a moment, it kind of means a lot to Arsenal for that kind of goal because they've, you know, in that golden period they had, a lot of that stuff was built on, obviously, amazing 
an amazing team that won a lot of stuff. But these like really hallmark, standout, outrageous solo goals from Bergkamp, yeah. from Henri, from these types of players, even Pires, yeah. perhaps Nungberg as well. That's part of the fabric of a modern Arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. And so for him to do that, I think signifies a lot more than just him scoring a goal. And I also think, and I said this to you guys in the WhatsApp, not in so many words, but I kind of mentioned it, that you wonder whether Jesus is much more suited to playing for Arsenal than perhaps a systemic approach that Man City have, yeah. where he plays this bit part here and there and he does his thing. He never really let him down, always scored goals. Now he's been unleashed. And I think he could have a really, really successful season. He here. can do things that no one else at the club last season was able to do even even Aubameyang like just the it's the, well, the, the famously of... just did not want to do them either well yeah I think he just became really static towards the end of his time there um, weirdly which wasn't the case when he joined but Jesus is the opposite of that he's buzzing around everywhere you know he's, he's, confidence uh, isn't yeah, it absolutely seven he's pre-season goals already... you're going to go into the season feeling feeling good aren't absolutely. you absolutely he's already bringing more out of Martinelli as well now Martinelli you know he, he won player. the ball that led to the move with with, with his goal which was fantastic he's as well by player. the way and yeah. I really really appreciated Arsenal's response to, to conceding as well they essentially scored straight away both, <laughs> both times. times now yeah. that's probably not going to happen all season I do think as across the weekend the heat played a factor in this game being a little bit mad um, <laughs> but it's like I say, one of the most important things that Arteta had to fix was the feeling in the ground. Yes. And it's so positive and, now and, and it makes yeah. such a difference. And that's interesting to, 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 to dovetail back to Vish, who obviously was there as a May United fan watching the Arsenal game. It's kind of interesting to, to, to think. I'm not, I'm not taking the piss Vish, here. Vish, who do you support? Yeah. Brentford. Yeah. No, <laughs> Brentford but, but, QBR. But in many ways, what Arteta is doing, and it's still quite early days, but what he's doing here is he's, he's, he's showing a big club how to kind of get out of that funk, get out mm-hmm. of that situation where you feel like every aspect of the club is permeated by this yeah. chaos and this fucking unprofessionalism. And, and May United actually basically need to do the same, don't they? Mm. And, and it's maybe perhaps a bit encouraging that a manager can come in, be given the time, given the backing, bring in the players that he wants, and just with maybe a handful of players here and there, he can really kind of start to lift everything. Yeah. But I think it has to get worse before it gets better in those situations. And I think that's yeah. where Man United yeah. are now. And they have to actually accept that this season yeah. might be a little bit like that. But, but do you accept that comparison, though, Vish? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And I also think what um, it started, in essence, a little bit with Freddie Leumberg when he gave opportunities in, in that little mini stint to younger yeah. players. Um, but also, you know, that was it's the work of players like further down. You know, people talk about like, the hail end effect, where it's like you've got these kids there who just needed to play. In yeah. a different Arsenal era, Smith Rowe doesn't play. Smith Rowe has that loan at Leipzig, and I appreciate like, you know he's not starting now, but now he adds to your squad strength. Yeah, and very much so. And the thing about Jesus as well, um, if you look at, and it's not just he because he plays in the middle between Martinelli and Saka, but he's basically the middle of the Venn diagram in terms of he does what one does and that is relentless like Martinelli, and he does what the other does and that mm-hmm. is very direct and silky like Saka. Um, and he, you know, you end up having two of each kind of player on the field. He's also a brilliant finisher, Jamie. Like a brilliant yeah, finisher. although uh, yeah, I mean, he he, uh, he missed a few on, he did. Uh, on yeah. Saturday, but I oh, think the, that that's the one that looked like was going to be the hat trick goal, where yeah. he kind of essentially sort of kind of flicked the ball onto himself, then turned the defender. I, I think, actually, I forget which player it was. It was a Leicester defender got a foot on it in the end. We thought he'd like got a shot away. Yeah, like, yeah. That I think it might have been a Marty. Been yeah. Unbelievable. But the fact that we're even having that conversation is yeah. is quite remarkable. Such such a fluid, mobile striker. And that yeah, we've missed that. And also, I mean, on the Leicester side of the ledger, just very briefly, mm. very static in the transfer market. Mm. Looking well, like they've signed no one. They're not like, signed anyone one, one goalkeeper, Alex Smithies, third yeah. choice. And they've lost a really influential goalkeeper yeah. as well. And yeah. actually, that will, Vish and I have sort of mentioned this throughout the game. Danny Ward does not look comfortable with his defence yet. 
James Madison's gold though was oh beautiful. Was yeah, keeper's got saved. Yeah, 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 that's see, awful. Ramsdale yeah. is a low key yeah, worry yeah, for me. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? He, he's, there's a lot of quality about him, but he he has that in him sometimes to just concede a silly goal out of nowhere. But he comes across very well in all or nothing. He comes across very balanced. He, very he does. Kind as long of, as his so dad wears his lucky hat, it's fine. He, well, absolutely. <laughs> he's not the anti Pickford, basically. Yeah, but I, I think he can fix it. But it's it it has to be fixed. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You um, said that like you were his like jilted lover. Then <laughs> I think you can fix it, but it has yeah. to be fixed. Or I will not be back. Yeah, it, it, it won't be me fixing it. Uh... It's better to have loved and lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One thing I can't wait to see is former Arsenal defender Tony Adams on Strictly. Oh yeah. Oh my God. This is that is another Patreon exclusive. This, Jules Breach. This, on the... this is happening. Tony mm. Adams is going to be on Strictly Come Dancing this year, and it's going to be. Hilarious, I it think. It is going to be hilarious. I think he'd also be quite endearing, though. He's got, to do, those, those he's got to do that, tra- that training ground yeah. move. Yeah. 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 They've got to allude to that in some way. Does Stri- do Strictly normally do that kind of thing? Would yeah. they do a nod? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, you, Will a judge you dare call him a donkey? Say <laughs> <laughs> so that about dancers. You vote, yeah. Okay, so but so like, could he win it? Not win it, but could he go far on personality, like being they, a nice guy? You get public votes and judges' votes, and then they combine. Can we? Can we? Is it too much to ask for Tony to be to run up to the uh, judging panel and start going cheat, cheat, <laughs> like he did famously <laughs> to uh, that referee yeah. that time? If he wins it as well, this just sums it all up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, I can't wait. Um, also, just a, a brief mention of one of the things that rarely happens in football but when it does you absolutely have to mention it because there aren't many other better things goalkeepers scoring goals oh yes Q- and and in the 92nd minute QPR's goalkeeper Seni Dieng scored an equaliser uh, it was it was one of those glorious moments of the weekend um, yeah. the great the great things about it that set it apart apart from the obvious are that it was the second phase of play yes. he was yeah. brave enough to stay in Stayed there, there. Yeah. 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 courage of his conviction then I think he went down the end and made another, another did. save he made an amazing yeah. save he could do it all find you a man that can do it all is what I'm saying <laughs> that's, that's what Ramsdale Aaron Ramsdale take note <laughs> tomorrow Kate's going to bring you the latest episode of The Drop In and this one is with one of my favourite people uh, Glenn Hoddle just the loveliest man amazing stories to tell as well um, if you've seen one of the photos that we put on the socials, um, he was dressed like a surfer, but we promise he did actually talk about football. Well worth a listen that. He had a, a kind of pre-shop distress Nirvana t-shirt on mm. that he'd obviously just bought brand new. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not criticising him. Name five albums with Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> They've not even done five. <laughs> um, well, there we go. Bish, congratulations for getting through that. Thank you. Yeah, and I also managed to get him a li- maybe just a little bit angrier than normal. He's yeah, normally pretty sedate, is Vish, but I, I, I almost riled him up. He was shaking his head a bit, like looking over <laughs> at Jim, like being quite, quite rolling his eyes a bit. It was, it was actually, can I say, it was my wife esque. Yeah. yeah, very much it was. Well, well done. Thanks. Well done. <laughs> we're all very happy with ourselves today. It's also boiling, so we're going to go. Yeah. Uh, but thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, as always, part of the Acast Creator Network. See you next time. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.